What's up, guys? Welcome to BitCast episode 76. Oh, no, 77 for the week of February 9th, 2020. I'm your host, Jake Martin. In the studio this week, we have BitCast newcomer, Mark Erickson. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Is is the studio everything you expected it to be? Uh, everything and more. There's a whole wall of memorabilia behind us, and right. it's truly inspiring. We know what's sad about this wall of memorabilia behind me is that eventually this is going to become a baby room, and then I don't think we're going to be able to leave all this in mm. here. <laughs> I mean, you could raise them right and just leave everything where it needs to be. Raise it right, put like put like a, a gate up in front of it so no one can can get get to it. Then at, at that point, it's like, what's the purpose of having these shelves here in the first place? That's fair. Just to look at them. I mean, right now, I yeah. guess technically it, it's all just for looking at. On the shelf, what do you think is your favorite uh, uh, let's collection? See. Um, the shovel net amiibo down there nice. is very nice. Yeah, in the box lot. still. Yeah, I don't normally do that, but I was like, this is a cool little collector set. I think I'm most proud probably of the uh, getting that any the light gun, the NES light gun oh, in the center to yes. stand up. Uh, took, took a little finagling with the wires behind <laughs> it and stuff, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good little and, and the Totoro right there next to oh, it. Oh yes, straight from Japan. Just very adorable. Yeah, so cute, so Looks fluffy. Great. But hey, you know what, guys? This isn't really a podcast about what's on the shelf. And for audio listeners, it's it's not really an exciting game. But today, if you didn't know, we are discussing the state of gaming in 2020. And what that means is we're going through mainly just the home consoles and a little bit on the outskirts um, because we don't have a lot of experience in the uh, realm of PC um, and other areas that might include gaming like mobile gaming. So we're talking all about Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, um, and then also a little bit of VR at the end there. Just a little bit of housekeeping for you guys. If you are a listener, please be sure to leave a review for us. It's really appreciated. Um, just like Isolate Connect did, um, Jake specializes in true bangers. Subscribe and enjoy sporadic updates in video games and pop culture with a nerd chic spin. He's spelled chic like Zelda. <laughs> very nice. The rotating guests are varied and knowledgeable. If you're looking for a fun pod, you found one. It's very nice. Thank you very, very much, Isolate Connect. I'm not sure... Every time someone leaves a review on the podcast, I'm almost certain it's somebody I know. You know, like it's not just some. I have, I've had like one random person I don't know. Usually, it's someone I can tell. Mm. Like I know who wrote it usually by like one word they said. But mm-hmm. this guy, maybe I don't know though. If you're out there and uh, you're listening to this podcast, if this was you, let us know. I'd be interested. Drink of the show today is a nice, delicious coffee, just roasted or just uh, freshly poured over, and it's called City of Saints Coffee Roasters. It's the Finca El Duranzo? Duranz? Is that a Z? It's in cursive. I have no idea what that says. D-U-R-A-Z-N-O. I don't know how to pronounce that, though. Durazno, I Durazno. guess. Durazno. Um, Just freshly roasted on February 10th, so only five days old. That's pretty nice. And we're getting uh, notes of honey, plum, and marzipan. Are you getting that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think my palate is uh, that experienced to be able to pick up those notes, but... Man, I love this coffee. Sweet, sweet nectar. Brought to you by Trade Coffee Co. Shout out uh, for your uh, sponsorship of zero dollars. Before we jump into the main topic of the show, which is State of Gaming, I always like to ask my co-host, what are you playing? Well, let me tell you, I am (laughs) hopelessly, completely just enraptured by Stardew Valley right now. Nice. It started out, uh, my wife Sarah... Uh, was recommended it by a friend. She got into it. She loved it. I'd been working through Pokemon. Finally finished the main story of it and decided to take a break Sword from and it. Sword Shield, right? 
Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, took a break from it and I was like, ah, I'll give this a try. It's not really my thing, but you know, like just take a little break and just completely sucked in. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. I have, I haven't been like this completely enamored with the game since like Breath of the Wild, which oh, is yeah. same here, same here. Not that long ago, but that was a whole new a, level. A whole, of, a whole thing. Yes. Now, question for you: Are you playing mostly in handheld mode, or are you playing on TV? Mostly handheld. Yeah, um, see, that's that's where it should be played. I feel like. Yeah, I do. I have figured out. I do like playing on TV too. I'll use my eight uh, bit do SNS oh, yeah. controller. Yeah, and it feels like it's playing old game again. Is it eight bit do or eight bit do? I don't know. I feel like I've heard it's eight bit do. It seems like I it should it. be eight bit do. I believe it. Whenever I read it, I'm just like eight bit do, but that's that's not how you would pronounce do. So who knows? Eight bit do. We're gonna Americanize, Americanize it just like Duranzo. Durazno. Very cool. Um, so I don't know if anybody has been catching up on what I've been writing about recently, but I have been deep into Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Because mm. uh, I've never fully beaten the game, which is a true travesty. Uh, but I was just playing before you came over, actually, and I just got into the Water Temple and stopped. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for the, the Water Temple. One. Yeah, I'm not ready for it yet. I mean, confession, I have never actually beaten it either. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten to the Water Temple before and have just, also stopped. Just called it quits. Yeah, yeah, I've tried three times, and all three times I've just, before this, and I'm just like, I, I get stuck somewhere, and I'm like, you know, I just, I'm done. I just, you know, I'm done. But I was much younger and more uh, distracted at, at that time, so mm-hmm. now I'm, you know, I'm focused. I have a goal. Um, and I'm an adult. I'm going to finish this game. You know, these, these puzzles can't stop me because I have the power of the internet as well on my on my side. Amen. <laughs> I will admit that I had to look at it. I was like stuck at the fire temple. I was like, there was something. It was a simple, it was as simple as a jump, but it looked like a jump that I could not make. Mm-hmm. So like I kept going to this room and being like, what am I supposed to do in here? Because there was a door across some lava. And I was like, I have no, I have no idea how to get to that. Some of these things are just obtuse. It's just a jump. It's just a yeah. jump. You just have to jump to it and like link it looked like he was going to miss, but then like, you know, the N64 thing where it kind of, he's like just snaps to the ledge. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, either that was just intentionally misleading or maybe I'm just dumb and just, you know, I should have tried. I should have tried something, but regardless, we made it through. So I've been playing that. And, uh, have you, have you tried uh, ring fit adventure? I have not. I'm very curious by it. Okay. Are you, are you into it? Mm hmm. So uh, I'm lazy. I'm uh, not not the most active person these days. I used to run a lot, not anymore. Uh, but Ring Fit Adventure, man, it'll kick your butt. I've heard it's tough. Yeah, it's actually pretty tough. Especially like you can change the difficulty. So I'm I don't know what I'm like level fourteen or fifteen on the difficulty scale. Okay. Most times I don't know what the out of what maybe twenty thirty I don't know. Uh, but yeah, after about like thirty minutes of doing some Ring Fit, I'm pretty uh, pretty gassed. So. If you guys are looking for a nice workout that feels less like a workout because you're like leveling up and it's more of like an RPG, yeah, Ring Fit's not a bad, not a bad little investment. I've been eyeing it, haven't pulled the trigger yet. It's expensive, that's true. It's like eighty bucks. Yeah, because you're but I mean, you're not you're not paying for much. You're paying for a plastic ring and a leg strap. Apparently, it's the same thing as like a Pilates ring is a pretty common <gasps> thing, and that's pretty much what it is. That might be true. Yeah, because it's just resistance yeah. both ways. Dang, man, Nintendo and Pilates. Who would have known? I'm doing Pilates. There you go. There you go. Guys. They've tricked you into doing Pilates. <laughs> with RPG elements. But it's a lot of fun, okay? So you guys should uh, definitely check it out. Uh, so that's what we've been playing. But uh, before we actually jump into the main topic, I feel bad for not asking you this earlier. But Mark, uh, 
you know, since it is your first time on the show, you know, uh, I like to always ask some random questions to our guests. Yeah. So you like video games. I do. Tell us, tell us kind of how that came to be. Like how, like what, what led you to into the path of liking video games? Um, so growing up, I was never really allowed to own a console. And so I would have computer games, which Minesweeper. Yeah. (laughs) The pinball and windows. Oh, so good. Windows XP. So good. Um, trying to pull any of that out of the hat right now. I can't remember them. Um, I had friends and neighbors and cousins who had Nintendo 64 oh, yeah. and loved that. And that's oh, how yeah. like I really got into Nintendo. Um, specifically, my neighbors uh, had an old NES and so fell in love with Duck Hunt oh, and yeah. as like a five-year-old kid and just shooting the, ducks. The magic of shooting a gun at the screen and Absolutely working. incredible. It's crazy. Um, and finally wore my parents down kind of... Uh, 2005-ish, I think, and they I got a GameCube for Christmas. Dang, wow, that's a that's, uh, a, that's a good time without any systems at home, really. Yeah. That's um, impressive. But that kind of love for Nintendo specifically, GameCube. Uh, yeah, kind of fostered through what my friends had. Oh, wow. Favorite game of GameCube, real quick. Mm. Um, I want to say Melee, but I feel like I have fonder memories of Mario Sunshine. Samesies. I was going to say so. the same thing, yeah. Something about Mario Sunshine during that time. Like, I think oh, if we yeah. went back and played it now, it'd probably still be as charming, but <laughs> I don't know. I have, yeah, I have very vivid memories of playing Sunshine. Oh, yeah. So, so fast forward after GameCube. Yes. Uh, then got the Wii. I've had every console since then. Wii U. Now the Switch, oh, thanks yeah. to, yeah, one of the 12 people that bought one. Yep. Um, and then, uh, thankful to my uh, groomsmen for my wedding a, a little over a year ago that all came together and bought me a switch oh that's awesome um, those are some good friends right there oh yeah looking out for me that's awesome um and really a love for video games i've kind of connected uh video games to just like kind of the feeling of a day's work well done because mm-hmm. um, growing up it was like my parents had rules where i couldn't play computer games at first and then like my gamecube until yeah Homework was done. I was outside for a little bit. You've like, done all this first. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, it was like I got my 30 minutes of playtime on the computer. Yeah. It's like a reward almost. Yeah. And so now it's, I kind of realized like I've brought that feeling with me into my adult life. And like I still can't, like if I play before my work day is done, um, because I do a lot of different jobs, it's yeah. pretty flexible. But even <laughs> yeah, then, <I'm> <laughs> um, even then, like it feels weird. Like I can't do it until. Like once everything is done, I'm done for the day. It's just a nice reward. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of the same way. Um, and Hannah might disagree with me on this one because there's times I'm sure I've been <laughs> playing when I need to do something else. Uh, but yeah, typically like early mornings on weekends when yeah. like nothing's going on uh, is like when I play, and then the rest of the day, you know, I have something something to do. I don't I don't like gaming late at night because what happens is since it, again there's no there's nothing that I'm having to do anymore. I end up staying up too late <laughs> and I value sleep as well. So yes. typically I'm like, okay, I'll maybe I'll play at nine and then I'll go to bed at like 10. But if I'm playing online with friends or whatever, it ends up going to like 1130 here recently when Hannah was out of town. One time we were playing, uh, we jumped back into apex, I think, or maybe it was battlefront two. One of the, one of the two like online shooters. Yeah. And I was playing for like, we played until like 2am and I was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> it's so sad how like that does feel like a mistake now. And I remember doing that in college and you were fine. Yeah. You could just wake up and go. 
but yeah, if I, if I tried that in in my current status, like I would just I just wake up the next day like a zombie. I'm like, this is terrible. Immediate regrets. Yeah, so much regret. <laughs> so cool, man. Yeah, I feel like you and I are very similar in that re- in that respect. Like, I think we I talked about this when uh, JMO actually interviewed me mm. a while back. But uh, friend of the show, shout out JMO. Uh, but we we weren't allowed to have games either. Our parents never bought us any any game systems ever. Gotcha. Uh, so for us, it was like the holy grail. Like, oh my gosh! Like all of our friends had them, and then eventually my grandma got me a Game Boy Color, and my parents were not happy about it. So I, <laughs> so I was able to play Pokemon with everyone. Nice. And then um, we did some like backyard trading and buying. You know, like the N sixty four. I remember buying mine for like seventy dollars from uh, like one of my like cul de sac friends. Ooh. And I'm, like I don't even know how I had seventy dollars at that time. I think I had <laughs> either. I think we had just had a garage sale, and I was like, I'll give you seventy bucks for your N sixty four and like all of the games, and that's where it started. There you go. So cool. Well, hey, thanks for answering that. Uh, that uh, just off the top of the cuff you. question, but it's always good to know, you know, where people come from. But with all that being said, we're going to jump right into the main topic of the show because there's a lot to talk about. So we'll be right back. And we're back <laughs> for the main topic: state of gaming in 2020. So. Uh, the idea behind this is to just look at what's coming in 2020 and also just give our opinions on how we think things are going to go and maybe what we'd like to see from each each console manufacturer. So, yeah. Um we've I did this in alphabetical order for, Good. The, for the most part until like VR and stuff and you know that's where I stopped caring, but yeah. Nintendo first since you know they are the uh, golden child, our golden boys of uh, the golden boys of gaming. So just just quicking quickly like to catch up on where Nintendo's at right now, the Switch is crutching it. Um, just sold uh, over 50 million units. Good on them. Um, but that does include the Switch Lite uh, as well as like the original Switch model. So that, that helped a little bit. But what is cool is the Switch is currently outpacing the PS4 in the same like um, time span. Okay. So it reached the 50 million mark faster than PS4 did. Ah, okay. Um, which there's some factors in that. It's a little bit cheaper. Yeah, it is more of a handheld console, and if you picture like families that have multiple kids that want one, you know, each one has to, each kid has to have their own Switch. You know, they're not yeah. gonna for car rides. I mean, they want to be able to have their own. So it makes sense that it's selling that quickly, but it's awesome that it's doing that well still. Yeah. Um, sad to know that they're not. So recently, uh, the president of Nintendo came out and said that they are not interested in releasing a Pro model this year. I don't know if you'd heard rumors about this or not. I've heard about it. I think we may have different opinions on there because I think... You think they're, they are? No, I I simply don't care for doing a pro model. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's fine if they don't. Well, okay. But is that because you, you're you obviously happy with what the Switch is right now? You don't sure. need anything else. But if, if, let's say, the Switch came out and offered higher fidelity, like graphics or Bluetooth, you know, mm-hmm. would that be something you'd be interested in? I don't think I would... Uh, spend the extra money on it. Me neither, probably. That's a hard thing. My my worst fear is that if they come out with this new pro model and then there are some games that are exclusive to it, mm. and that sounds just like bad news. That's that's not like a Nintendo's thing. They 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 try to do their best to make sure everyone can play the same games. Um, but the DS did have that like weird time frame with with like some of the new 3DS games could, right. could only be played on. I think it was like Hyrule Warriors. Right. It was something like four games. Xenoblade. Yeah. And something else. Yeah. It was it was like four games you couldn't play, but like 
that was like right near the end of 3ds's life cycle too so mm-hmm. if you hadn't already like if you hadn't already upgraded at that point it's like you're not going to right um but i don't know i mean like my fear is that nintendo's with ps5 and xbox series x coming out this year do you think that they're going to struggle against that new wave of consoles i don't think they are um primarily because they released the switch into a market where there already was these two other consoles being the ps4 and xbox one that were already power more powerful than it that had been around for a couple of years already mm-hmm. um like especially if considering what the price points will be for uh xbox and ps5 yeah. i think that they'll do just fine and their nintendo's always been more unique Mm-hmm. Um, I think they know that and they know their audience. Yeah. So I'm not really worried for them. I think so too. I think, I think that's like a, that's a valid response. Cause if you think about, if you think about what the switch offers, it's, it's never been graphics. It's never been the latest in, mm-hmm. in like, you know, the next big blockbuster triple a game. It really has just been, we have really good first party games. Like this is, Oh yeah. Compared to the Wii U. Like if you buy a switch, even if you bought a Switch, like with the within the first year, you already had like three or four amazing games. Yeah, you had Mario Kart, you had Zelda, and you had Mario Odyssey, and it's like you, I mean, you could you could live off that for forever. And then if you have any like any support like Stardew Valley and oh, yeah. every amazing game from PC being ported over, I mean, truly, I don't play like if I see a cool game that comes out on PC or somewhere else i wait until it gets ported to switch hmm. like it's it's like i almost have like a 90 percent confidence rate knowing that whatever comes out and it's like a good indie game it's going to come to switch eventually yeah absolutely as long as it can handle it graphically right which there aren't many games i mean again outside of like your major triple a stuff which i don't really care to play on the switch anyways yeah you know like i'm, I'm not a big call of duty guy yeah. but if i was i wouldn't play it on the switch right same with like doom and we'll talk about some of the games that are coming out this year but like yeah i think they have a really unique like segment of the market like, yeah that they've captured and it's not just like i mean I, I know it's still gamers but like it's a gamer that probably owns a ps4 or an xbox already and it's like a supplementary console or yeah, that's exactly. all they have so and plus i've uh people have pointed out before too that now that there's no longer these kind of parallel lines of nintendo, nintendo console and nintendo handheld yeah um that they can put basically twice as many games onto the switch because they're not dividing that market. Mm-hmm. So it just more and more gets added to it. Yeah. I was a big fan of them finally consolidating or at least dropping the 3ds like yeah. game production. Cause that's just, yeah, that, that opens up so many more doors for like, I mean, Pokemon be coming to the first home console. Exactly. You know, that was yeah. awesome. Um, so speaking of just, you know, announcements and, and what's going on with Nintendo. So, you kind of have some theories about when we might hear the next Nintendo Direct um, or see news about the next Nintendo Direct. Supposedly, it's been 162 days since the last full Nintendo Direct. Whew. Isn't that wild? We've had like Smash stuff and we've had like other small announcements, but not like a full Nintendo Direct. That's almost half a year. I know. So, now I guess this, this actually will help us segue into this, but I want to know what you think they might announce after we talk about what games are slated to release this year so we know we have animal crossing coming out uh march 20th and if you like stardew i feel like animal crossing oh we're we have it pegged to get it's gonna be dangerous oh it's (laughs) it's it's great that stardew valley is single player so we don't neither sarah nor i can like 
monopolize all of our free time. No, it's co-op. Stardew Stardew is co-op now. Uh, like locally, or I thought it was only online. Oh, it might be online. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Continue. I think it was. I think it was only online. But the fact that Animal Crossing is local co-op, mm-hmm. that's going to be bad news for us. It's going to be great news for you guys. Absolutely. I just mean, make dinner and just... Just depends on perspective. <laughs> How much time is spent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super pumped about that. March 20th. Doom Eternal is coming out on March 20th as well. Um, but that's for the other consoles. Sometimes Nintendo gets those games later, so I'm not totally sure on that one. Yeah. I'm probably... If I get Doom Eternal, I'm not a big Doom guy, but... I'd, Neither am I. I don't think I'm going to buy it on Switch, even if it does come out. That's, That's fair. I'm glad they're supporting it, though. That's cool. Uh, Gods and Monsters, which looks really cool. This is like a Ubisoft uh, Breath of the Wild-esque Greek yeah. god-style game. We uh, know very little about it, right? Yeah, there's almost nothing really beyond just that initial trailer we got, I think, at E3 last year. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. I just don't know you know, what what we can expect out of that one. But that's TBA 2020. No More Heroes 3, TBA 2020, Trials of Mana, April 24th, 2020, um, which I don't know if you're a, you know old school RPG fan like Square Enix. Really? Not at all. Okay. Uh, but the the Mana games are great, um, and this remake or remaster looks really cool, so uh, maybe maybe uh, keep your eyes on it. I've heard good things, just probably not for me. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't think Stardew Valley was for me either. <laughs> here we are. And here we are. Mentioning it for the third time today. <laughs> There'll be many more mentions, I'm sure, I'm sure in the show. Uh, Bayonetta 3, TBA. Breath of the Wild 2, TBA. Metroid Prime 4, TBA. Um, and I'm sure there's a few other ones, but those are the ones that I picked out that I think were the most like interesting. So on that list, are there any that you're most excited for? Um, Outside of Animal Crossing. Sure. I think Breath of the Wild 2, even beyond Animal Crossing, is like the most excited i am for a game i i know we're not sure if it comes out in 2020 yeah, do you think it'll come out this year i feel like it has like a 60 percent chance of coming out I like that of percentage. being announced for holiday and then in addition a 60 percent chance that i get delayed to spring after they make that announcement yeah that sounds right that sounds right sadly so it seems to happen ah <sighs> but hmm. So my my assumption is that they're using the same engine that they had for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And just kind of like doing the the whole Majora's Mask thing where they're building on top of it and making more. Um, So, yeah, part of me does feel like they could do a holiday 2020. Yeah, I think it's good. And do you think that would be an announcement for this next Direct if they have one before E3? Or do you think it's like an E3 announcement? Or is it just like a a random fall, hey, guys, guess what? Hmm. Breath of the Wild's coming out. I feel like if it's coming out this holiday, this whatever next direct happens, we'll get that release window, and then E3. It'll be like the big thing for Nintendo's E3, where they okay. go just full into it. We'll get an actual release date then. Oh man, because yeah, what is what is Nintendo's floor going to be this year? We have no idea. Because last year it was was it oh gosh what was it last year. Link's Awakening was a big part of it. Yeah, Link's Awakening was last year, and then Luigi's Mansion. Yes. Uh, and then the previous year, I think, was um, Smash or Breath of the Wild. Oh, uh, that was the big one where Smash Bros. was like 80% of the direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is fine, fine with me. I love Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I, that's, that is worth mentioning. I do believe we'll probably, I mean, DLC Pack 2 for Smash will be uh, slowly kicking into the year, and we'll mm-hmm. probably get a few characters out of that already. Um, 
But for me, I think it's Metroid Prime 4 because we haven't heard any news about mm. this. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even care if it's we don't get a date still. I just want to see what they've been doing. Just something. It's been, it's like they announced it and then it's just been, they, they came out and said, hey, it's not really up to snuff what we want. We're going to restart entirely yeah. and just hire on and switch over to Retro Studios to do it. And we haven't heard anything since. So if we get just a snippet of of that in this next this like upcoming direct, I will poop my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so dope. But I always like asking this. So pie in the sky mm. for 2020 Nintendo, like what do you want to see them achieve or do? It doesn't have to even be like a game. It could just be like, what do you want to see Nintendo move forward in in 2020? Yeah, um, I think something they're always good at is doing something just completely unexpected that we didn't know we wanted and is incredibly charming. Mm. And I hope they keep doing that. I can't think of any examples right now, but um, and but something I feel like they're a little bit less consistent about that I think would be good for them is to take more risks with established characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like them doing Cans of Hyrule could be a good example of that. Yeah. Where like letting an indie developer kind of take that franchise. Or Mario with uh, Mario Plus Rabbids. You yeah. Know? That was great. That was like one of my favorite games in the first year of the Switch. Yeah. I actually haven't tried it out, but I've heard great things oh, about it. Oh, that's awesome. I, th- I might have a copy if you want to borrow it. It's, yeah. Maybe, I think. I think yeah. I do. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great point. Like I've actually been really impressed with Nintendo giving some you know, uh, some leeway to other parties to make yeah. a game with their IP. Uh, who would, what, what IP would you want Nintendo to like lease out to somebody? Mm. We've done was, Zelda. Uh, We've done Mario. Yeah. I was not prepared for this question. They've kind of done Star Fox with, uh, yeah, with the, I forget the name oh, of the game right now. No. Uh, Atlas, uh, what is it? Not Atlas. I don't know why I keep thinking Atlas. Starlink. That's it. Yeah. Um, I can't. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think up top of my head right now too. What I'd like to see. Yeah, like, I feel like F Zero, like something could happen there. Have you heard like the rumors about that game? Oh no. That supposedly they are making like a new F Zero game. Really? Um, or it was gonna be like a Star Fox like F Zero crossover okay. situation. And I th- I think the rumor was that Retro was working on it, but it wasn't gonna be. Yeah, it was gonna be like Star Fox, but like racing. Yes. And it was gonna be like F Zero esque. Yes. I feel like what happened though is wasn't there like an expansion for Starlink where it was just racing? Oh gosh, I hope that's not what it was. I don't know if, if that was. I told <laughs> if I totally missed it, but I thought there was like a Grand Prix like racing game that was like I do remember that. The them F-Zero talking about guys. that. Um, huh. I don't know. That'd be cool though. I think what I'd love to see is for F Zero to kind of like even just have like this is totally out there also not an indie developer but have like rockstar take over the f-zero series <laughs> and just see what happens there um oh man well what what has star what has rockstar made well, i guess since both brothers have left the company now like what what uh what have they made that you think would like tie in with that well i don't know like just something along the lines of like an open world f-zero where it's oh, that'd be sick like racing is just kind of part the, of it the main part of it but like there's also this whole other story Ecosystem. around it and because it feels like there's all these like wacky rich characters in f-zero 
where it's like you only see them in their cars. In their, in their cars. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Dude, that sounds dope. Hey, I might want to copyright that real quick. Just make sure that they don't steal Trademark. it. Trademark. <laughs> I think... I think for me, I would love same band as you, but I would love if they gave Mario Kart the next Mario Kart hmm. the Smash Bros treatment. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen in 2020, but I would love if they said, "Hey, we're gonna pull in like every track from like previous games, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna make an ultimate version of Mario Kart, but it's gonna have like these new mechanics, and like that's gonna be the definitive." version of mario kart oh yeah do you want to see them add like other nintendo i can't say the word nintendo today when it's very vitally important that i say the word nintendo (laughs) do you want to see them uh add in more nintendo characters oh yeah absolutely i think you could i think you could get rid of some uh like gold mario you know Mm. like it's like you know that's not that's not like really a fun character to see um that and then i'd love to see something with paper mario like a yeah. Paper Mario return to yeah. like the RPG style, not mm-hmm. not uh, what we got on 3DS or we was it Wii U? That was like the color splash game. Yeah, that's the latest one. I think. Yeah, we got. Um, I want like just full RPG, kind of kind of almost like Super Mario RPG from the for the SNES. I want, yeah, I want that style of of game again. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's Mario and Luigi, like I'm sure they could pull the Mario and Luigi teams from like the DS or the 3DS and like the Paper Mario guys and just put them all in the game, into one. Oh yeah, It'd be an amazing game. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope, uh, I hope so. Real quick, I think two items on my just total wish list, very specifically, I'd love to see a new Pilot Wings game. Mm. I didn't try the one on 3DS because I didn't have a 3DS, but um, I loved the just the flying mini game in Wii Sports Resort, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see that just expanded. Okay. Uh, it was great. And then I uh, would also love to see them resurrect 1080 snowboarding. Uh, I have a huge soft spot for just arcadey snowboarding games. Yeah. And if EA isn't going to make any new SSX games, then got one in a while. I know. I'd, like then I guess Nintendo should be the one to Nintendo just bring it back. Yeah. That'd be cool. And I feel like they could probably make that game, sell it for I mean, they probably would sell it for full price, but yeah. depending on what it is, you know, like think about 1080 like online, it'd be kind of fun. Oh yeah. You know. Just snowboarding around with your with your bros and your friends, just just, just hitting the <laughs> slopes, hitting that sick pow, dude. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I, I, I honestly I haven't played 1080 in a hot minute, so that, that would be that would be a fun time. So yeah, I mean, overall, I think Nintendo's gonna have a, a strong 2020. Yeah, I think they're gonna continue, like continue on with what they've already been doing and just executing on on making great games and keeping people excited through their like stream of like directs and mini mm-hmm. directs that they have. I just hope that if you remember when the Switch first came out, Nintendo was doing this thing where they would release one major first party title every single month. And they've kind of stuck to that, but like they've obviously it's hard to keep up that schedule. Yeah. But they've always had like one one game each month. Like, oh, this is Animal Crossing, and then you have Bayonetta, and then you have this. Like each month there was something to look forward to. Right. Yeah. Um and I would just I just I want to know kind of like if they're gonna keep trying that or if it's just a now we're just, we have like three bangers this month or this year and that's right and that, yeah and we're done i mean i'd love to see what they have planned for this year because we know just we, very little we don't really know much outside of animal crossing and a few other like third party stuff like there's there's not much so mm-hmm. i think this next nintendo director e3 is gonna be pretty wild oh yeah in terms of what's coming down the road so there you go nintendo moving on to playstation all right so Sony 
and PlayStation. Um, PS4 has undoubtedly, if you're going to be talking about con- like console wars, they've won this generation. Uh, they just surpassed 108.9 million units, so probably 109 at this point. It's a lot of units. It's a lot of units. It's man. an absolute unit. Absolutely. <laughs> I think they passed. I want to say they passed PS1 uh, in total unit sales, and so they're only behind. I think PS2 at this point, <laughs> or maybe the Wii. I think Wii is like 111, um, and the PS2 is like 150. So I don't think they'll catch the PS2. Um, well, anyone ever will. Yeah, but but for them to so for them to be selling that many like consoles in this this era, this our like generation of gamers is testament to show like people still like buying home consoles. They want home consoles to play these have these experiences. Yeah, so that's good. That was good to see. Um, and they've kind of just continued that. Uh, interesting facts, really quick. Digital games made up for forty nine percent of game purchases on uh, PS four. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. So almost half. It's a brave new world. And I think, you know, I mean, even if I'm thinking about my Switch and PS4, not as much because I've had it since 2013. Uh, and I like having physical copies of my games. Yeah. But I think like with the Switch, I am seeing myself buy more digital games because like they're smaller bite-sized indie games. Mm-hmm. And I think if storage and like transfer options become more viable, like if I won't lose those games when I transfer to the next system which I think is what they're promising with this. Yeah. Then you'll see more and more people adopting to that digital library. It's, I noticed my, in myself too, that I'm going more digital just because I'm now just getting lazier. And like the thought of having to like physically for the switch, like just taking out the cartridge and putting a new one in That's and so much work. I know I can't do it anymore. <laughs> How did I do this for 10 years? Have you, did you, did you see the article that JMO put up called the age of decadence? Uh, mm. written by the New York Times like op-ed guy I don't think it's I did really good really well written okay. um, but it makes me think of that just a little bit because we've had it so good <laughs> we've had it so good for so long that we don't you know like things that weren't really an inconvenience are now an inconvenience to us because we just have things so nice but I agree with you digital is just so much more convenient when you take it on the go on a trip or whatever right you can like the games are tiny you can put them in a little cart mine has built in little cart holder yeah that I can bring my games with. And I only play like three probably entirely across the trip. So I don't need all of them, but it is nice just knowing that you don't have to even worry about it. Cause like if I lose that little sleeve of games, that's like $240 down the drain. A lot of money to lose. Yeah. It's like this little like debit, debit card size thing. I'm like, that's scary. Uh, but I mean, yeah, digital is probably going to be what I think is going to be this next generation i mean they're gonna i think xbox learned their lesson by trying to go all digital Mm -hmm. Uh, so i think that they're going to probably offer both options Um, and i'm sure ps4 is the same way um quick we don't know much about the ps5 when it's coming out um but we do know a few details about it now and it's going to be offering a some you know next gen technology like ray tracing and it's going to have an ssd now for decreased load times and they uh, recently talked about their haptic controller Mm -hmm. so i think they're taking a little bit of a note out of both Xbox and Nintendo's uh, controllers with the like advanced rumble. Yeah. But the, supposedly it's so that you can like feel things in game. And like, that was one of the things I think they were talking about with last of us Two, when you pull back like a, maybe it's not last of us Two. I think it just was like, this was like a tech demo, but like pulling a bow string back, essentially mm-hmm. you'd be able to feel like the tension essentially of like trying to pull back on it. That's cool. And I was like, that'd be kind of a cool, 
feature, but I don't know if I want that. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> My hand's tired. <laughs> I can't do this. I also hope that developers actually use it. Because we've seen that with like the HD Rumble for Switch is they mm. put all this technology into the Joy-Con and no one's really making use of it. Except for Nintendo on like their first just few test games like 1-2-Switch. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is that is the bane of of almost any new like controller technology. Like half of it gets used, I feel like. Yeah. You know, the touchpad on PS4, it's a cool thing, but really all it's ever used for is like a map. Yeah. You just push it and the map pops up. You're like, oh, cool. Very nice. Nice. I do like, though, like you can move the cursor around with the touchpad on there and it makes like picking waypoints on a map really nice. So, like, uh-huh. that is a cool feature, but op- not often used. Good. Um, they are skipping E3. So, Sony uh, or PlayStation came out and said that they were skipping E3 this year. And that's, that's a main topic of discussion mm-hmm. for 2020. How do you feel about just. E3 in general for 2020? Um, E3 seems like it's kind of on a state of decline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's becoming less and less popular. They've had uh, some pretty bad controversies happen. Like last year, they had the whole doxing situation. Yeah, not and, good. Not great. Um, <laughs> I also, like, I don't think E3 is really necessary anymore. Well, not necessary in the sense that it has to be this show floor. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Because like my dream, even when I first started Biblogs, was like, oh, it'd be mm. really cool if like we got to a big enough point to where like we could just get free passes to go. Yeah, and I would love to go to E3, just to celebrate games and just see all the people and different new stuff coming out. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Nintendo, again, they're always like starting things. They're going a different way, and then people are like, oh, that actually is a good idea. Mm. They, they stopped doing full stage presentations like years and years ago. Right. And started doing the directs. Uh, and I think people realized, wait a minute, Nintendo doesn't even have a physical stage presence, but they're still able to make announcements and people are just as excited and know about their products that way. Yeah. Um, so if we release a video around E3, it has the same impact. Yeah. And it'd be great to still have like a week in the year where everyone's making their announcements. Yeah, like, yeah, I love, I love, I love the week of E three because it yeah. is like okay, cool, like we're gonna hear a whole bunch of news, and maybe that's what it'll turn into. I do think it'll be like if E three can try and capitalize. Like I don't even know how you monetize though after that. Mm-hmm. Like how do you monetize a digital promotion outside of marketing? Maybe like hey, we're gonna help promote everything that's going on with E3 this week digitally and physically. I mean, they'll, they'll always probably have a show floor. Yeah. But I think what's happening and I've heard people talk about this, but they're trying to shift to what is like a PAX. Yeah. A PAX kind of vibe where it's like, Hey, this is like a show floor for gamers just to come out and try new games. Um, but all of the like press conferences and announcements will be digital. And mm-hmm. You can just hear those or see them. And that's what I've heard has been like kind of an issue with E3 is that going to, something like PAX just as a person, like not a journalist, but just like a, like as a gamer. Yeah. Just as a Joe Schmo. It's like PAX is apparently just way easier to manage and to like even just get into the E3. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, well, because E3 was initially just a media event and now it's become like a public and media event. And that's where I think it got pretty hairy because they're trying to make it for both parties. Yeah. I think if they made it for just media and made it smaller, I think they might have some success. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's 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 really hard to monetize that. For, as, as the ESA, how do you make money? Yeah. 
you know, and I think I, I heard a number like it's millions and millions of dollars to have a, a space on the floor at E3, you know, and Nintendo historically and Microsoft, they're still in it. They Nintendo, even though they're not physically doing a stage presentation, they always have a huge booth right? where they show off all their new games. And it's like, a you know, it's just a cool like Disneyland or Disney World experience. Oh, yeah. Which makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like totally bummed out because, again, physically, I, I've never been to E3. And it's always been just as fun to just sit at home and watch all the press conferences and see what's going on. Right. Yeah. So interesting. And then Jeff Keighley also just recently announced that he's bouncing on E3 after 25 years of like attending the show, which is pretty wild. It's crazy. Um, games that are like coming out for PS4. Um, we have a, like a PS4 and like PS5. I think this is like the last year of PS4. But what we know so far, Final Fantasy VII, which I'm very excited about. Again, Doom Eternal, Resident Evil 3, probably very good as well, Persona 5 Royal, or Royale, I'm not, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, Cyberpunk 2077, which got bumped this year, uh, Marvel's Avengers also got bumped to September, The Last of Us Part 2, which comes out May 29th, very excited about that, Elden Ring, TBD, and Ghost of Tsushima, TBD. So a lot of TBDs, but a lot of like big just blockbuster titles that I think are going to close out the PS4 and then segue into PS5. Yeah. I think a lot of these are probably coming to both. Yeah, I would I would imagine. Yeah. They're going to they're going to they probably I think Xbox announced that they like everything that comes out in the first the next 2 years will be playable on both Xbox One and Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. which is smart because not, there's nothing worse than getting a, a new console and then have nothing like having nothing to play. Right. You're like, oh, well, I have this new cool thing, but I can play uh, Flower, and uh, this is fun. And Knack. And Knack. Yeah, Knack 2. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, like, that was a, that was the crazy part about the Switch is, like, when it first came out, you had Breath of the Wild. So immediately. <laughs> that had, held over people for months. Yeah, you had one of the best games of the, of the decade to start out with. So you're like, oh, this is nice. Um, so, I, I mean, like, this is a weird transition time for PS4 and PS5. I'm not like I haven't I don't play my PS4 that much and I'm curious to see what the PS5 is but I don't think we're going to hear any news until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They've kind of said they don't have anything to announce until like a holiday. And yeah. I th- and I think they're like we we've, we've heard specs from both Xbox and PS like and PS5. I think what's happening is they're waiting to pull the gun on price. Mm-hmm. They they are both both Xbox and Sony are so afraid <laughs> to say price playing chicken. Yeah, like everyone's talking about like oh you know they just you know they're trying to get their marketing together and figure. I'm like no, when it, whenever the price drops, that is going to be the deciding factor, and that's exactly what happened last generation. Hmm. Xbox came out and they were like, our here's our console. It's always online, connected, and we have digital you know games or whatever, and it's five hundred dollars. And Sony's like excellent <laughs> rubbing their hands together and they came out of the gates saying hey it's 400 bucks and uh you can you can trade physical games you don't have to be online to be able to play these games and like they just destroyed them like i think from the from that conference on like playstation was in the lead this entire generation hmm. because of that price so i think like they're both waiting just to see like okay what's xbox gonna charge well, let's just try it again and see if we can like under undercut them a little bit and get people to jump on board with us again I mean, sell it, a, sell it at a loss, maybe. I've heard people, I've heard uh, consoles will do that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. For the first, uh, 
yeah, for the first year, I think console manufacturers will will take a loss on on the uh, hardware just to sell software. Just get that install base. Yeah, just like hey, we're gonna get people on, and we're gonna try and sell games to make up for the the loss. Mm-hmm. So as long as like we can undercut, get people to our platform, and then maybe they buy two games, we already are recouping and we're positive after that, which is a smart a smart move, but it's scary to think about. Oh yeah. It's like, okay, it costs us about uh, $400 to make this and we're going to be charging 400. So we're definitely losing money on this. Oh, and like with all the new like tech specs coming out, I'm, I'm not sure. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure about Sony this year. Um, they have their like Nintendo direct esque things called uh, PlayStation state of play. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll probably could keep doing those. And um, with them skipping E3, I think we'll probably get a beefier version of one of those. And, probably right around the same time mm-hmm. and i think you know i mean yeah I, there's not there's not much to talk about with playstation until the end of the year until we know what the ps5 actually is so yeah moving right on to the last console xbox now unfortunately we talked before the show we both don't know a lot about xbox so <laughs> anybody listening that's an xbox fan please forgive us don't be yelling at your speakers. Yeah. However, I do know a decent enough about what they've been doing that I can speak on some things. So this entire generation, Xbox has been playing catch up, but also have, they've been um, positioning themselves, I feel like, for success. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with the Xbox Game Pass? Uh, I did some brief research, mm-hmm. and I don't know how I didn't know about this, but it's kind of incredible. Right? Um, it's the best deal on game subscription services you can get. Like, I mean, if you buy an Xbox, I think the cheapest one you can get is like maybe 200 bucks, mm-hmm. the digital version, and you have Xbox Game Pass, you already have access to like a whole bunch of like really good games. Yeah. And when the Series X comes out, it's already been stated that Halo Infinite, like one of the biggest games that's going to be coming out for it is going to be available first day on, on Game Pass. So it's like you pay, I don't know what the cost is per month, but I mean, you're getting a great, great value. Oh, yeah. Immediately. I think it's like ten bucks a month. That sounds right. Or it's it's fifteen if you want to do PC and Xbox. Right. But that's like for the games you get, that's an insane price. Right. I mean, think about how much money you spend on games in, in a year. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, two games is one hundred twenty bucks, so that already covers your entire Xbox Game Pass subscription for the whole year, and that's just two games. There you go. So I mean, it's it's a no brainer if you have an Xbox. Um, so I think that's really cool, um, and I, di- I I do think just looking at like how PS4 had digital games make up fifty percent of their purchases, I think people are really really moving on to the streaming side of things, like mm-hmm. wanting to have just access to a digital library of stuff, and like that's fine, um, because I think that's where they're they're seeing a lot of of growth. So going down these facts really quick, Xbox is probably around fifty to sixty million units sold, so about half of what PS5 or PS4 has done. Um, but the Series X, their like high end console, is going to be like the I guess comparison to PS5, and that's when that's when they showed I think a few months ago mm-hmm. that just had a few you know hot flash like here's what it can do ray tracing supposedly we can show images at up to 120 frames per second you know like it's a bunch of stuff that you don't really care about until you see it yeah like, cool that sounds nice uh, I mean how much of a difference is that going to make and yeah I don't have a 4K TV so. There's only so much of like the human eye can even pick up too. So mm-hmm. it kind of gets to a point of like, how many frames do we need to yeah. really notice this? Right. And I think that's why I've always respected Nintendo because instead of being the most graphically impressive, they just have really impressive art. 
Yeah. They have art styles that are interesting and unique. Like Breath of the Wild is like a mix between watercolor and like, I don't even know, like Pixar or yeah, something. Really? Oh, yeah. Like the art style is great. I love it. So like more of that is fine with me, but you know, it is cool. It is nice to be able to play uh, a game like The Last of Us 2 and it is like so realistic looking. You're like, mm-hmm. oh wow, this is intense. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> it's it's nice to see what Nintendo games will look like in 10 years. <laughs> Eventually one day when they actually care, but then by that point, we'll be playing like hologram games. Um, <laughs> uh, Phil Spencer has come out recently and said that he's not focused on PlayStation or Nintendo as competitors. Uh, they're looking more at Amazon and Google for their cloud tech. Yeah. So Microsoft has also, like I said, posi- they've been positioning themselves with uh, Azure, which is their cloud computing uh, software. Mm-hmm. And I believe Sony and Microsoft have teamed up to like try and I guess both be able to offer their games in some sort of cloud cloud function to compete with Google and Amazon. Yeah. Which is cool they've teamed up. Yeah. It really seems like uh, console wars are kind of less of a thing and there's much more of a mentality of like the rising tide raises all ships mm-hmm. and we just have to hunker down against the amazon armageddon yeah for real amazon truly i feel like i i didn't know they were even doing they were interested in doing game streaming or like a gaming service until i made the outline for this hmm. i was like oh i wasn't aware amazon was even really a, a factor in this and yeah. i knew about stadia and so far, Stadia hasn't been that impressive from what I've just read. Mm-hmm. People like, it's cool. The idea's there, but there's like not a lot of games. And if you're in an area with bad internet, like it sucks. Yeah. Which is what I expected probably. And there just seems like there's a lack of support for it too. Like yeah. Google doesn't seem to really care about it anymore themselves. Google's busy just making hand over fist money with, their, <laughs> with which is Google, you know. Um, but it's cool that, yeah, Microsoft's kind of taking this whole approach they've rebranded they're not going to be focusing on naming the console or like naming the brand anything anymore it's just xbox i think that's a great move yeah and like the name xbox series x feels weird Mm -hmm. but it only feels weird because the last two console names were absurd of 360 and xbox one and xbox one s and xbox one x and i think this is finally like a step in the right direction yeah I think so too. It's it's I mean someone said it's a lot like the iPhone. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. The iPhone X Max or the iPhone Max, iPhone XR, <laughs> but they can just call it whatever they want. Like yeah. this is the Xbox blah blah blah, Series X, Xbox Pro, whatever they want to do it. And PS4 or PS5 in the same same idea will have PS4 Pro, PS5 Pro, yeah. you know, whatever. So, I think hopefully this next generation, even if they're not competing against other consoles, it'll be cool to see Xbox and how they position themselves. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm really excited to see kind of what they do. Cause I feel like, um, compared to Sony, I feel like they're kind of positioning themselves to show what the next big trends in video games will look like mm-hmm. for the coming years. Or like how you're playing more or less. Yeah. Not necessarily the games, but like, right. Here's how you're going to play games. Right. Because, like, yeah, PS5, from what it seems like, is just going to be a better PS4. Mm-hmm. It's, like, cool. Um, but, I mean, when you when you buy a console, do you make that decision based on what games are going to be available on it? Or is it how you're going to be playing? Yeah. Because it's kind of both for me, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I think, it, like, thinking of the Switch, I'm like, I'm going to buy that because I love Nintendo. And mm-hmm. I want those games. But if I'm also thinking about it, like I said earlier, I like to play. I like to wait until games come to the Switch because I prefer to play them in in that 
mode and handheld or right. have them on the go. Yeah. You know, so if Microsoft ends up having a better cloud streaming service that lets me play games on my phone or whatever. Right. Like that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Even just like from a price point mm-hmm. too, if, if they continue to support game games pass and oh, like they will. the way they are, they will. It's like, that's kind of their best bet right now. Hmm. Old Xbox. We'll see kind of, we'll see what happens, but do you have any, do you have any, I, I skipped over this for PlayStation cause I don't think I really had anything, but is that either, is there anything for Xbox that you, I mean, I guess we kind of already said it, but anything for Xbox you want to see um, achieve this year? Game Pass on Switch. Game. Oh, dude. There have been rumors of that. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's my, you say pie in the sky. That's just what I want. They, I, when, when Cuphead first came or mm-hmm. when Ori launched on Switch, there mm-hmm. was a lot of talk around the achievements system being on the switch like yes for that to work right and so i don't think it's far off to assume that if it's a service that you can subscribe to that it won't exist on on switch that'd be kind of cool love to see it but i always like to think of the money behind it Mm -hmm. i'm like okay so how so xbox putting game pass on switch how does that benefit how does that benefit them yeah true i mean they get a bigger install base and they're reaching gamers that they may not have otherwise reached Mm-hmm. So they'll make more money there. And then I guess Nintendo benefits because people want to buy like, oh, I don't really care to have it on my PC or I don't care to have it on my phone. <clears throat> I love playing on the Switch as it is. I'll just get it here. Yeah. Hmm. Which I already, I already don't understand how they're making money on Games Pass on Xbox. So Yeah, that is. I mean, it's got to be like, it probably like is like a, by by the amount of subscriptions they have, that's the amount of games that they're able to offer at a certain time. So it's like, hey, we have uh, 4 million subscribers to Game Pass, which okay. is this much monthly or whatever. So that that's going to allow us to afford to put these games on, you know, whatever. Gotcha. And it's probably, I mean, yeah, I wonder how the game companies get paid though. Like how the actual developers yeah. are getting paid. You get this percentage of of the subscription money. I mean, it's, just, it's the same thing as Netflix. Like Netflix mm-hmm. to me does not make sense in how they make money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do you guys make money? Maybe it's just not good for developers in the same way that like Spotify, Apple music has been pretty bad for musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like what they make off of the streaming, uh, revenue, like maybe this is not a great trend for the people who actually make games. Oh, <laughs> so we could be going towards a dark time. All streaming, but no one's making money, and they all stop making games because it's not worth it. Oh my gosh! But that hasn't stopped people from putting music on Spotify. So it's true. It's just one other place to be, I guess. Okay. Well, that's. I, I like your. I like your idea. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just mimic yours because I think that's like. <laughs> I'm not a big Xbox guy, but I think that that's what I would like to see. And maybe just. I know that they have three. There's supposedly three SKUs of their system. There's an all digital version. There's mm-hmm. like the middle ground. And then there's the Series X, which is like the top end. Yeah. So I'm just happy. I want to see like maybe them launch a console for three, three hundred, four hundred bucks. Yeah. That can do what I need it to do, and I can play the next Xbox games if I want to. Yeah. Um, I probably won't buy an Xbox, but just because I I feel like the games on PS4 more line up with what I like to play. Sure. So. And there's so much that come to both anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get the multiplats there, and then you know I'll get Last of Us Two. I'll get whatever else Sony makes uncharted and God of war two. So yeah, I don't know. And then I put these last bits in here. These aren't going to take too long, but, uh, 
VR and Google Stadia slash Apple and Amazon. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big VR guy. Do you have a VR headset? I don't. Okay. I think it's fun. It's impressive. I've played Beat Saber, and I think it's a great game. I've played Tetris Effect in VR, and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I just don't feel like VR is really still where it needs to be. Yeah. You know? It really feels like it could be like a huge, like even cross-generational thing. Like Wii Sports was just this Mm -hmm. phenomenon. But I feel like it's just too complicated Mm -hmm. and like too expensive right now. But like, yeah. for example, the only person I know who's considering a VR headset is my father-in-law for Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> and he's like not one who's really into this. But he wants to be able to fly a plane. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like if they could start making something that's simple, that's like you pay a hundred bucks for it and you just got it and you can just strap it on your face. Well, I will say, have you heard of the Oculus Quest? I have seen the name around but i don't really know it okay so <clears throat> oculus quest was the most like the highest selling vr headset this holiday and i believe it was maybe one of the hottest items of this past like holiday because it's cost effective mm-hmm. i think it's like 300 bucks maybe maybe okay. 350 uh there's no wires no tethering at all it literally you just put on the headset and go okay and it has the two um, motion or like motion controllers, whatever you want to call those, yeah, hand, hand controllers. Um, and people love it. Like the Quest is the first VR headset to make VR less intimidating and like less complicated. Okay. Um, but it's still kind of expensive. Yeah. And the problem that the Quest faces is really just a matter of um, spec. Like it looks fine. Um, but it definitely looks worse than some of the nicer VR headsets that are out there because it sure. isn't wired. Yeah. Um, and then some game support, like it's getting good game support cause it is Oculus, mm-hmm. but like PSVR, they have Tetris effect. Um, they have one of the best VR games supposedly right now, which is Astrobot. Okay. Like, it's like a platformer in VR. It's, it honestly is really cool. Sounds cool. Um, but there's not a lot, not like a ton of games. It's like Beat Saber. And a few other, like, super hot, you've probably heard of. Yeah. A few other ones that are, like, big. But it's, like, three or four games that you'll probably play, and that's it. Okay. So, it sounds like it's, like, it could get there. I don't expect it this year for 2020. Just more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, just refine that technology, maybe, and get some bigger third-party support. Maybe. Yeah. If It would be amazing if, like, Nintendo, again, you know, finally partnered with somebody else outside of them and said, hey, we want you to make a VR, you know, Nintendo game. You mean... The uh, Labo VR wasn't enough for you. <laughs> Link's bow training VR. Oh my goodness. Oh man. I can only dream. So I'm, you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm hopeful for VR and like they announced Half Life Half Life Alex, which was a big deal. Yeah. I'm I never played Half Life, but I know it's a huge deal for a lot of PC people. Yeah. Did you play it when you had PC? No, I didn't. Okay. So that was, you know, that that's a big deal, but it it still is yet to be seen if it's gonna be like the next the killer app yeah the next yeah. killer app the next killer thing that needs to bring vr into the to the i guess the the masses yeah and then the last bit just google stadia apple and amazon we talked about uh, stadia and amazon a little bit but mm-hmm. stadia is not doing too hot we'll see how it comes to fruition they have a bunch of games and work that were supposed to come out this year so i mean it could still be a great year for stadia i just don't know yet yeah and i don't have any friends i think that i know that have it right now i would love to try it just to see yeah um which google is weird because they don't 
hesitate to just kill something that's not doing great. So yeah. this might be it for Stadia. Yeah, Google Plus. Yeah. Just, nah, we're done. I hope not. I, I'm really glad that Google's in there. And I honestly think their presentation, did you watch the press release for Google Stadia? Yes, I've seen a couple of them, yeah. I thought the the, the initial one, the like the announcement of what it was, was so good. Yeah. It was so well done. I was like, oh, this is a great concept. I'm I'm into this idea. It seems like they're solving a lot of issues that people might have with game streaming. And yeah. This looks great. I've heard the controller is awesome, too. Yeah. Like everything from the design and just like how they were pitching it, like this makes sense, you know, like triple A party games on the go. Like what, what else, you know, what's wrong with that? Sounds great. Um, and I think for us being in Chattanooga with EPB, it's not a problem. Mm. But again, if, if you're in an area that doesn't have a great internet connection or if maybe you are like maybe in Chattanooga, I have great internet, but I want to go back to Memphis and I'll play Stadia there and they have terrible internet. It's like, well, okay, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> even... Even me, I'm over in Dade County, so I don't actually have EPB. Yeah. I'm stuck with Spectrum. Ooh. And if EPB is out there listening, please come. Just come and please I will drop Spectrum so fast. <laughs> but I will say, with 5G coming down the road this year, yeah. And I do think like Xfinity actually has gotten better in terms of their price offerings and what they can bring. Their customer service is still terrible. But naturally. Yeah. But they do have I feel like some better offerings for high-speed internet. Like we could be at a point eventually, like maybe in 2020, 2021, yeah, where everyone has fast, like faster or fast enough internet to stream games like that. So there who you knows? Go. So who knows? Uh, and then the little last piece of this, uh, Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Did you did you test this out at all? I have not. I've had my eye on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great idea, especially because it's like what they're offering is so different. It's, I feel like it's different. But it almost just feels like a, a fancy version of the app store of like buying a game on the on the app store. So you're yeah. so you're subscribing and you have these games that are like higher tier or higher quality than what you normally play on your phone. Yeah. And I have been impressed with some of the games I've played, but it it's still like you're still playing a mobile game. Sure. Okay. That's the downside. I think know? where I'm at is I don't really ever spend money on buying a mobile game. Mm-hmm. And I'll just download the free ones, and it's just a nightmare of like ads and everything there. So like that's what's selling me the most. On Apple Arcade is, are the free game apps on iPhone. Yeah, and I'm just like kind of waiting for a lull in stuff I'm playing to just try the free trial and see what yeah. I can get. Yeah, I would suggest doing the free trial. Honestly, I I downloaded all the ones that people recommended. You yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which actually is a great game on phone but i still think i'd rather play it on switch because sure. of the control setup yeah uh but there's a there's a few that are that are really well made um and i was you know i was having a fun time with them but just it wasn't enough to, for me to feel like i was the five dollars a month was worth it even though that's like not a huge sure. investment but i was just like you know i'm not really i'm not using this enough or i'm not really i'd rather spend sixty dollars on a game and get that experience than like these bite-sized lesser experiences i guess yeah i gotcha i don't know it's okay. phone games to me feel like a distraction yeah and less of less of a uh less of like an experience i guess if yeah that makes sense except for like there's there's a few like florence is amazing played that game i don't know if you played that before or not Mm-mm. you should check out florence it's really good check it out it's like a quick two-hour game um and then amazon i don't really know what they're even doing other than the fact that they're reportedly working on their own game streaming service which mm-hmm. I wrote in this in parentheses, like, probably going to happen because they own everything. They own Twitch already. Yep. So I'm not, 
I'm not like I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with something like something with the promises of Stadia where it's you can play any game on any machine mm-hmm. and then if it's something where it's like it you just get the games if you have Amazon Prime oh yeah I mean they already yeah that makes sense actually because they already have that with Twitch Prime mm-hmm. you'll get like a free game or free free two games if you have Twitch Prime yeah um yeah I mean and AWS is like so prevalent everywhere. Like they, they would have no problem like building servers out and like trying to like just send and stream games to you um, as easy, almost as easily as Google. I feel like at yeah. this point. And I understand why that like scares Microsoft most of all because like they could even do this like at a loss and they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amazon's got a lot of money to burn, so <laughs> they can just try things and just they end up usually being pretty successful at what they do. So. I mean, really, that's it though. So we didn't again. We didn't cover PC gaming because I don't really know much about PC anymore, or really at all. But yeah, do you have any I. takeaways for PC? I know nothing. Okay, Can't cool. Really. Well, good. So, 2020 is, I guess, the way to like encapsulate everything is still majority unknown. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool to, to just hope and wonder what is going to be coming out this year, but. Based on previous year's performance and what we've gotten from each company, I actually do think that this is going to be a big year because we have two consoles yeah. coming out, and then we have Nintendo, who is always a wild card, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't know a lot about their upcoming games. So, like, I think for Nintendo, it's games. Yeah, what are you going to be bringing out? Like, what what big guns are you going to have this year? And the other guys are consoles. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Exciting times. Exciting times. Well, there you have it, guys. That is the end of our podcast in the state of gaming 2020. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show, sir. Hey, thank you. Yeah, man. It's been a, good, been a good time. You know, your first time, you did a great job. Thank you. you know, um, I was a little worried. I have no critiques for you except for how to pronounce Nintendo correctly. That's fair. <laughs> I need to get my voice a little more silky smooth. Do a, do a few of the Will Ferrell uh, Anchorman warm-ups. Ow, now, brown cow. <laughs> Um, but if you are a listener again, thank you so much for tuning in this time. Be sure to leave reviews. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram where most of the time we're posting our new content on there. Um, and uh, if you are interested in a, a topic that we should discuss in the show, please feel free to submit a topic to us on our website, bitblogist.com. But until next time, this has been BitCast. Thanks for tuning in to talk about some stuff.